I'm Alex Delay, and this is Vision Vibes. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of NHK World Japan's interview series, Direct Talk. As children, we're often told that no two people are ever quite the same. We're all different. We have different values, hobbies, dreams, and so on. So why is it that there are some differences we barely pay attention to, whereas others we make a huge deal about? If a child wants to play the bassoon, we let them be. But if a child wants to use a restroom that doesn't correspond to the biological sex they were assigned at birth, we get a major news story. Most of the time, differences become a big deal because of misunderstandings. Gender and sex are complicated, and our reptilian brains are hardwired to react negatively to the unknown. Which is why awareness is so important. With only a little understanding, you can change fear into curiosity, anger into empathy, and stress into good vibes. Today's guest is a shining example of how raising awareness can impact an entire community. Amber Briggle is an advocate for social justice and the mother of Max, a young transgender boy. She realized early on that her child was different in ways many people still fail to understand. How did one mother's love pave the way for a more caring, compassionate community? Let's join narrator Hannah Barnes and find out on this episode of Vision Vibes. Based in the southern U.S. state of Texas, Amber Briggle is an advocate for LGBTQ children. She is the mother of a 13-year-old transgender son, Max. Have you seen him? He cut his hair. Briggle and her husband, Adam, support Max in being who he is. They share their experiences as a family through social media and the internet, including their website, Love to the Max. She is a founding member of a nationwide coalition and support group called Parents for Transgender Equality. We asked Amber Briggle about the importance of bringing visibility to families like hers and how we can make society more inclusive for LGBTQ children. So I think it's really important for parents to know that they're not alone. Like, they are not alone. Like, statistically speaking, like, there's, you know, millions of kids around the world who are just like yours, right? I, th I think a lot of times parents don't talk about it publicly out of fear for their own family's safety. I know parents who have been pressured to quit their job because their child was transgender. So parents don't often talk about their trans-inclusive families or their trans children because, because they may lose everything. You know, we are not the only trans-inclusive family in Texas. We're, you know, Max is not the only transgender child in the country. <laughs> like, they are literally everywhere. And the more that we talk about this, the more that children and their parents are able to kind of find the language that they need to, to talk about this in a safe, understanding space. Since he was very little, Max always wanted to dress as a boy. At first, Briggle didn't think too much about it. But after a few years, 
Briggle noticed that Max was not comfortable with the gender which had been assigned to him at birth. It led her on a journey of discovery about being the parent of a transgender child. As time went on, it got harder to get him dressed and out the door in the morning. I like wearing dresses and having long, pretty hair. And so I would dress my child that way too. Be like my little mini me. He hated it. And I didn't understand then what I know now, which is that there's a difference between gender expression and gender identity, right? So your gender identity is who you are. Your gender expression is how you present that to the world, right? So there's a lot of tomboys out there with short hair, right? That's their gender expression, but their gender identity is female, right? So we, you know, we gave Max the space to cut his hair and wear whatever he wanted, and he was happy, um, but only for so long. And when I first kind of started noticing him feeling uncomfortable, <clears throat> was probably he was maybe, maybe four or five because he presented as your kind of typical, stereotypical, you know, American white boy, you know, buzz cut, basketball shorts, um, uh, Star Wars tennis shoes, you know, and he'd hold the door for people and, um, and people would walk by him and be like, oh, what a nice young gentleman you, you have there. And I'd be like, that's a girl. Let me blow your mind. Like there's so many different ways to be a girl. Like trying to think that I was going to be like this, like empowered feminist, right? Like trying to like educate them. As I would notice after a while that Max would just kind of shrink, like, oh, why'd you have to do that? You know, like, like they thought I was a boy, you know, and he wouldn't say it. He wouldn't say that, but I could see it. And I, I could, I could feel his body just kind of curl up and cringe. And it was a long process, many years. Um, but I, I eventually came to the understanding that it wasn't the, the strangers who are misgendering my child. It was me. And that Max wasn't the one who needed to change. It, it was me. I had to change my understanding about what was going on. When Max was in first grade, Briggle noticed that something was wrong when he would come home from school. I just asked him, it, you know, I'm like, hey, I noticed that when you, you know, come home after school or come to my office, he was often dropped off at my office, that you just like, you really have to pee. Like you hadn't done it all day. Like, are you using the bathroom at school? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, why not? Like, you gotta go to the bathroom. But basically he was like, you know, he's like, I look like me. And so when I go to a girl's room, people send me to the boy's room, but then people who know me as my birth name, send me back to the girls' room. He's like, I just don't know where to go. And he, you know, he just didn't want to be a, a bother at school. So he just held it. Um, and so I just, I just asked him, I'm like, well, what bathroom do you want to use? Like, what name should we be using for you? I didn't, I didn't use the word, are you transgender? Cause that wasn't a word that he would know. Um, but I was just like, you know, like, let's talk about your pronouns. And he laid it all out there. Like once I like finally just like sat him down, I was like, Hey buddy, what's going on? You know? And we had a conversation and I was like, and he just went to bed and like, I emailed his principal and I was like, okay, here's the situation. We got to figure this out. And they were very supportive at school. We had just hoped that this was the right thing to do. But then sure enough, within a few days, you know, hearing reports from his teacher that he's finally able to pay attention in school again, seeing him just relaxed 
at home. He wasn't distracted. He was able to eat an entire meal without getting a tummy ache from anxiety, right? We just kind of saw it. I mean, it didn't take very long. And we're like, okay, we need to do more of this. What are other things that we need to do to make sure that he's feeling loved and supported everywhere he goes, not just at home? As Briggle looked for ways to support Max, she became aware of the lack of acceptance of LGBTQ children in society and politics. She gradually got involved in activism, protesting against bills that restrict the rights of LGBTQ children. I mean, I got involved because they were trying to sideline and harass and discriminate against my kid, right? You, you do what you need to do as a parent to protect your kids, full stop. I would rather change the entire world than change my son. So I got into this advocacy work because I needed to. I needed to make Max happy. I needed to save his life, right? But I found over time that, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to, if, if I'm going to be successful in this, you know, I need to be fighting for all LGBTQ people. In the spring of 2021, Briggle's cause caught nationwide attention. The onset of physical changes at puberty can lead to a crisis for transgender children, raising their risk of suicide. So doctors prescribe medication to delay puberty. In Texas, conservative lawmakers put forward a slate of bills outlawing such medical treatments and even subjecting parents to arrest. Briggle spoke out against these bills in front of a committee in the state Senate. Her powerful testimony was featured nationally in the media. Taking that support away from him, or worse, taking him away from his family because we broke the law to provide that support, will have devastating and heartbreaking consequences. And I promise I will call every one of you every single time a transgender child dies from suicide to remind you that their lives could have been saved, but you chose not to. As a result of opposition from Briggle and others, the bill was voted down. Um, trans boys don't want to get their periods, <laughs> right? They, they want to, they also want to get facial hair, right? Um, trans, trans girls don't want an Adam's apple. It, 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 the, the dysphoria that can occur during puberty can be debilitating and crippling, um, and can cause a lot of depression. So these, these medications, uh, and this care, this therapy can really be life affirming and life saving for, trans people. Um, and these, these politicians don't understand that. So this, this bill that I went down to testify against was a bill that was meant to take life-saving, life-affirming care away from transgender children. Um, and then at the same time, say that the parents who are doing what is medically appropriate, data-driven best practice, you know, giving them that care, then that somehow makes them child abusers. And that's why I said in my testimony, I'm like, we are not the child abusers. This bill is the child abuse. Taking away medical care from a child in need, that is child abuse. Like withholding that care is the child abuse. Briggle believes that with the loving support of families, transgender kids can be true to themselves and grow up happily. But this positive reality rarely appears in the mainstream narrative. 
She feels that the media tends to push a stereotypical view of LGBTQ children, focusing on their struggles and negative aspects of their lives. Once, Max was asked to appear on a TV program on transgender kids in sport. As he was good at gymnastics, the family was excited to participate. And it was about trans kids in sports, which is super dope. Like, Max would love to do backflips and show you all the cool things. He could, like, talk about his, his gymnastics team. And I, like, you know, I cleaned my freaking house and I got everything else. I spent a whole day with them, you know, and... We, we did a lot, you know, and I was really excited because, you know, my well-adjusted, amazing child was going to be a part of this story to show yet again, if you love and support trans kids, they could maybe turn out to be like Max and isn't that awesome, right? And we did all this work and then it aired without us. The, the guy that I, the, the person who came out to do the shoot with oh, us, so I texted him and I was like, Where's the story? I really want to see it. And he's like, oh, like it aired, but you're not in it. And I was like, why not? And that's what he said. He's like, it's not sad enough. So we weren't in it. So there's, there has been a narrative that has been kind of pushed forward by the media, which is that trans kids are suffering. What we often hear are stories, I mean, the, the, the tragic side of kids being kicked off of their sports team or um, you know, forced to wear, you know, if they're wearing school uniforms, they have to wear the uniform of the gender that they don't identify with. Right. Or like whatever it is like, and those stories absolutely, I mean, people need to know what's happening, right. So that they can help. Right. The reality again, is that the, the more that we can love and affirm and support these children for who they, who they authentically are, right. Love and affirm them in their in who they are, their gender identity. When we do that, they thrive. They literally thrive. And that story is not told enough in the media. Fighting to protect LGBTQ children in the political and social arena has become a vocation for Briggle. She says that she just wants Max to thrive as he is a feeling which she thinks is common to all mothers. So yeah, there is something really universal about a parent's love for their child. Uh, and I think it's something that I would hope any parent watching this can understand that we do what we need to do to provide the best environment for our children in which to thrive, right? Um, in our case, it happens to be working through the political crap <laughs> to make sure that Max can have equal opportunities as he continues to grow in the state. I think it's also important to recognize that our children do not belong to us and the ideas and dreams that we might have had for them when they were born, those are our ideas and dreams. It's not theirs, right? And it's also important for us to recognize that and to love our children unconditionally. So wherever they're at in their world, in their life, whatever drives them, whatever their passion is, whatever their gender identity happens to be, it's our job as parents to support that. When I was pregnant, I didn't care the gender of my child. I just wanted a happy, healthy, thriving baby. And that's what I got. And that's what I continue to have, right? 
So your ch- it's important to remember that your child is just as beautiful and miraculous today as they were on the day they were born. Nothing about them has changed. We asked Amber Briggle to write down a message which she would like to share with the world. I wrote, you are perfect just as you are. Love, mom. And this is not just for Max. This is, I think, for all those trans kids out there who don't get that love and support at home. So I think it's important that they know that they are literally perfect exactly how they are and that there's a mom out there that loves them. You're perfect just as you are. Amber's message really resonated with me, especially as we begin a new year. There's so much I want to change in 2022. Like a lot of people, I want to be smarter, healthier, and more successful. I always see myself as imperfect, a work in progress. What Amber made me realize is that both can be true. Before I try to improve myself in the future, I have to learn to love who I am now. I have to acknowledge that my present is the best version of me I'm able to be. And in that sense, we're all perfect. It's important we realize this not just about ourselves, but also about those around us, including the people we don't understand, the people who are different. You're the best version of yourself just as much as I am. And if we can agree on that, then there's really nothing to be afraid of or uncomfortable about. We create space to get to know each other, maybe even like each other. There's no social problem we can't solve when we set our doubts aside and seek to truly see and understand each other's perfection. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript as well as our other stories on the NHK World website. I've been Alex Stillet. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes.